This is a tripod broadcast. You are listening to Hooked on Outdoors podcast, where we discuss everything hunting, fishing, and anything outdoors. With your hosts, Brett, Sky, Corey, and Rick. Hello, outdoor enthusiasts. Today, we are doing episode two suffering from deer depression and how to get through it my name is brett joining me today is Corey. howdy sky howdy and rick hello all righty so uh as we all know yesterday was valentine's day we were going to go around and talk about what we did for our lovely ladies in what, our life what did what did you guys do well i got jess Easter candy, because they ran out of Valentine's candy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of those last-minute shoppers. The day of. <laughs> That's what I am. The so, day of, I go and get whatever I get. So during my lunch break... Um, <laughs> lunch. <laughs> lunch? <laughs> I ran to Waldo, and uh, they had nothing but Easter, so I got her a big... Uh, <laughs> Hershey's cross. It's like a Christian cross. And then uh, a whole bunch of little Easter bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says I love you. Like, man, happy Easter, happy. babe. <laughs> hey, I got her a card and I said, you'll just have to pretend the rabbits are hearts. Fair enough. Yeah, that works. What about you, Sky? Uh, I got her some flowers and uh, she didn't want no chocolate. Plural or singular flowers? Uh, one, to be exact. <laughs> it's the. Well, Dave Ramsey way. One flower. One flower. It was a nice one. It was, it was, I mean, whatever. Gas station or? Dollar General. Dollar General, okay. Yep. And uh, I got her a bottle of wine and I got her a candle that smelled like salted caramel and pure disgustingness. It was awful. Lisey's happy, maybe. Was she happy? (laughs) Oh, yeah, she was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to this. Oh, my gosh, it smells so good. (laughs) I got my wife. Two dozen. Look at this guy. Not two dozen roses. Oh, no, no. okay. Two dozen cake pops. <laughs> almond flavored. Oh, my gosh. Some were chocolate covered. Some were vanilla covered. She liked them, though. She thought they were delicious. She ate them already? No, no. <laughs> they're going to last a while. At least you can freeze them. Yeah. So freeze that's them. good. Yeah. So I think, what about you, Rick? Did I, did I win this year? I went all out this year, guys. I woke up. Gave my wife a kiss on the forehead and said, happy Valentine's, babe. And walked out the door and went to work. No card? No card. I wow. have a thing about Valentine's Day. I don't know. I just, it's, plus we're kind of doing the Dave Ramsey thing. We're trying to do the Dave Ramsey thing and we're both on the same page with it. I mean, she didn't even say happy Valentine's Day to me. So <laughs> it just, it was a mutual thing and I enjoyed yeah. it because it, there's no pressure. Yeah. And yeah. So, so you didn't get your well, name on the on Facebook about how amazing my husband is sending four dozen roses to my work with 57 balloons. 57 balloons. Nope. No Facebook for me. And that, that's a victory. I think even I wrote a nice sweet little poem sort of during on lunch? Facebook before lunch. <laughs> roses are red. Oh yeah. Violets are blue. That's how Valentine's much do I love day. you this much? You can't see it, but it's this much. Happy Easter. I mean, Valentine's day. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, Jen. So, what are we talking about? Well, Deer oppression, right? Deer oppression. 
Have you ever suffered from deer depression? Because I know I do every year about this time. I mean, today's February 15th, and it's the last day of rabbit season here in Missouri. And deer season was over January 15th, so about a month ago. And it's a sad day. I mean, this is this is the, the hardest part of the seasons for me when they all start to close down. And then you have nothing to look forward to, sort of, until turkey season. That's the next biggest season coming in yeah and and waterfowl also shut down recently so yeah february 6th was the last day of goose season okay so deer oppression is the whole deal just it's not encompassing just deer hunting i mean yes and no i mean deer oppression is like the deprivation of of deer hunting when it comes to a close and having to get through spring and summer until fall rolls back around excellent but i think it i think you're right i think it does encompass like all of the the little hobby hunts that you can do at the same time um, during that time. So it's yeah. a sad, sad day. And thinking back on previous decisions that you could have made that possibly could have changed hunts then. And uh, like, you know, you did, you wrote us out a list that was all the cut and shooting lanes and different things like that about all the stuff you get to think about now about what you could do. Yeah, I mean, with being depressed or deer-pressed, I guess, uh, there's a lot of things you can do to get through that, through this tough time. Um, Instead of moping until turkey season, there is things that can be done um, to pass the time, so to speak, that are also very productive um, to better your season for next year. Well, I guess it's actually this year, but not till September. That's like, a long gap like there. Next season. Man. Yeah, so I guess maybe we can go briefly talk about some of the things that we try to do personally to uh, help us get through these tough times in our lives. Uh, and then we'll go into more depth about uh, just tactics and strategies, things that you could do um, to really get you through this depression. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people posting about taking stands down this time of year which I understand why they don't want their straps to get dry rotted, uh, seats to get ruined by squirrels, things like that. Um, but I've found it pretty beneficial and productive to actually go ahead and start scouting new areas and putting stands up right now. Um, obviously this is, this is more pointed towards rifle stands typically just cause during both season you're wanting to find the freshest sign, get set up as close as possible. But with a rifle, if you're set up on, a near field edge or an area that you're that you're pretty confident that there's some deer moving in that direction or going to have deer through there now's an actually a really good time to get those stands up and that's because right now it's 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 dead out there i mean there's not really fresh grass and weeds that are over your head trying to get in there um trying to find those those spots in the summer can be very difficult and also miserable at the same time. I mean, it's 98 degrees in July. Right. There's lots of bugs. But we've all done it, though. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> seems like that's when we always start. Because we start getting that deer fever again around the end of July and August. Yeah. The hottest part of the year. Oh, so yeah, we go yeah. out in the woods, mosquitoes, thick underbrush, 900 degrees. And, poison ivy. And the, poison ivy. Yeah, we're dying. And skeeters. And that's when we Ticks. decide to start uh yeah those are the worst 
but that's when we decided to put stands up and start scouting. And like you were saying, right now it actually looks like how it does in the fall. So you can still kind of see those trails and things easier. And you're just not fighting all that crap. I mean. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a better representation of how November is going to look now than it is in August. Right. And when you're cutting limbs in August, you think you need to cut a lot more because of the foliage up. And I've seen a lot of people, and I've done it too, where you cut too many limbs out of your way. Now you're exposing your stand a lot more, and then you end up having to move your stand because you're you're exposed. But right now is a good time to go in there and cut some of those shooting lanes that maybe you didn't feel comfortable shooting during bow season or rifle season because you're afraid it was going to mess up your hunt. Right, because people, when, like you were saying, the foliage is a huge, you got to really take that into account is what I'm trying to say is, like this past season, I, we were hunting first October or September, and then there was an opportunity I missed because of a limb just covered in foliage. Right. And I couldn't shoot that buck because I was in the way, but then October I hunted that stand, and I could have made that shot, but moving that branch would probably expose me. So it's kind of like, you know, risk reward type deal. Yeah. I, I kind of started doing this a couple of years ago. And like I said, it's not really common to start putting stands up right now. A lot of people are taking them down, but if you're able to do that with some of your stands, then I think it is, it can be very beneficial. Um, I was able to move a stand a couple of years ago that, was impossible to move during the summer and if i hadn't gotten into that spot then i wouldn't been able to kill some deer out of that stand and you know once you wait till november you can get in there pretty easily but you can move stands in november a lot of people do um it's kind of one of those risk versus reward that you're talking about you start moving stands around in november and you you may have just pushed a deer out of your area because you were you were doing that now as opposed making to making too much noise or not having enough scent gear on or right. scent control. Yep. Leaving your scent everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So what are some other things you think that, uh, people could do to help them get through depression? I know on the list it says, uh, shed hunting, you know, um, for me, that's an activity. Like if I come across one, that's great, but I don't know if it's something I would go after personally, but I know a lot of people, they look forward to that almost as much as like arrowhead hunting or, you know, cause you can find, if you can find a nice set, you know, you, that's kind of like a trophy in of itself. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I look forward to shed hunting personally. I really enjoy going out there and, and just trying to find, you know, if there, especially if there's a buck that I have on camera or a buck yeah. that I'm familiar with, if you find that buck's sheds then it's pretty rewarding, that doesn't happen very often for me, but I know a lot of people that, have a target buck and they don't kill them during the season and they find both sides of their sheds and that's almost like killing the deer itself and In also way, it gives yeah. you confidence that it made it through the season yeah, that's what i was going to say at least as you know possibly you know he may have made it through onto the next season and probably looking forward to getting even more pictures of him then <laughs> yeah and hopefully he grows until next year i mean that's a free set of rattling antlers if you you know that's what I've Choose used. Choose to do so. Yeah. That one, the only like actual set I found both sides I've made into rattling antlers works out pretty well. But I think it in Missouri anyway, a lot of people are finding them right now. I've been out a couple times just riding the four-wheeler around. I haven't seen any yet, so I think it. I've seen, I think it was last Saturday, um, 
driving out here and uh there was still there was like a little bitty six point that still had his antlers really yeah but yeah. most of the i would imagine most of the small ones still have yeah. their antlers i'd on. say in the next two weeks you're gonna see a large number Start of the bucks dropping. dropping them off so that's that's a good thing to do but just going out there to look for sheds a lot of people do and i mean i do too but i think you can also utilize that time to um pass the time and be productive till next season um, during the deer depression state. Well, it's a good time to scout too. Yeah. So you, you could multitask scout and look for sheds. Yeah. Sometimes you, you don't see, or you overlook a trail because it's too brushy during the early months of season. And now's a good time to have a, a visual of what that trail actually looks like, how common um, the deer are walking across it and, I think it's a, like I said, it's a great time to move your stand to those locations because it's a lot easier to see right now. The visibility is significantly better. Now, yeah. can this be applied for people that don't have private land to hunt on? Can you do the same type of scouting and same type of, uh, you know, activities on public ground preparing for that? I mean, is it, pu- I've never personally hunted on uh, most, public ground. Most public ground, they don't let you keep stands up. Right. I'm just saying before putting stands up is oh, it yeah. possible to do all yeah, these yeah. okay yeah absolutely yeah get out there those public places and look for sheds and at the same time start finding those trails and um big thing that i like to do is put them on my on my app the on x app on my phone because then if you do that year after year you can see which trails are consistent year after year and which trails are changed up every year and that does happen that's why during both season you're trying to move into those locations trying to get closer to the x so to speak and and kill the deer but well in, in bow season uh number one you got to be a little closer but uh, uh most of the deer will <clears throat> will uh change their patterns up be still in, in their summer mode during mm-hmm. the first couple month month and a half of bow season before they start really getting into you know pre-rut and rut and so yeah i think it's 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 good for people to get out now and make those make those notes on their app if they're that serious about hunting. Because, I mean, you can go out right now. That sign might be there in the fall. It may not. Mm-hmm. But then it might be there again towards the end of next season. So it might be a late season pattern. And that at least give you an idea where to hunt maybe next at the end of, you know, the late season next gotcha. 20 and 2021 season <clears throat> on those hub, uh, public ground. So, Same with the private ground, too. What about uh what about trail cameras? And you guys keep any trail cameras out during uh pretty much like off season? I'm really bad about that. I am too. I'm really good <laughs> early season to get trail cameras up. I'm excited. I yeah, fill all that, the batteries. Like that two months before bow season opens, we all yeah. got our trail cameras yeah. up. But then once season over with, I just I I think in my head I'm like, man, I really need to leave that out there for an extra you know couple months to maybe we'll see if anything shows up because i've had bucks show up because i've never previously i've never hunted like late season only maybe once or twice i'd go out if we had somewhat of a decent day to bow hunt and uh but uh and then looking back on trail cameras i left one out like all the way up until like december 25th one year and i had some really nice eight pointers and nine come walking through most of them were in nocturnal but i mean they were still in the area Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. dang, man, I should have stinking hunted more. <laughs> <laughs> always hunt more. That's the, oh, yeah. that's the, the motto. More. Always hunt more. Just because it's cold or you think that you're not going to see anything, you never know. You never know. But then, again, I've hunted, I hunted opening day last year of bow season, and it was like 94, 95 degrees. 
I had like a cutoff shirt on, no face mask, <laughs> and I killed a doe opening. Yeah. I mean, they were yeah. moving. I had like nine deer in the field at like 4.30. I was like, what the heck is going on here? But I've always said the deer still move when it's hot out. They just well, they need water. point A yeah. to point B. Yeah, and that's another thing you can look for during this time is like new water sources that maybe you weren't familiar with on your property that you might be hunting, finding those water sources on public ground too. And because one thing's always a constant with deer, food patterns change, bedding patterns change, but they always need water. And if you can find a good water source on a property that you've seen sign, fresh sign, you know, time and time again, those deer are going to keep continually going to that water source. And I think that's a lot of things that people kind of overlook a little bit. They're, they're focused on food patterns a lot more. And a lot of times those little ponds in a draw can be very, yeah, very, uh, good hunting around because of, because of the water. Right. Um, to harp back on the hot hunting day, um, the biggest buck ever killed was during one of the hottest Octobers in record. Oh, wow. A day that dad invited me to go with him. And I was like, I was like, it's 70 or 80 for October. That was insane. Yep, that was a no hunt day in your yeah. mind. <laughs> I was like, and it was mid October. I was like, it's not, we're not even in the pre rut yet. I mean, that was no reason for me to go. And I finally, I was like, fine. I finally went out there and very glad I did. <laughs> but yeah, you never know in the rut, especially. So going back to, uh, the water sources, is it, um, if you have the land possible to build a food plot around that, is that, is, yeah. what's the, yeah. Yeah. That can be very beneficial if you have the equipment and money to do it, which we don't currently because <laughs> we're poor, but I've seen a lot of people building, um, miniature ponds basically right in the middle of their food plots. Yeah. And that can be, I mean, huge for the, yeah, no for kidding. the right. population in there. Creating your own water source. Yeah. Yeah, and most of them aren't very deep. No. They're just enough mm-hmm. for the rainwater to get in and hold maybe a couple feet of water. Yeah. So, and they're not more than, I mean, they're not no acre, half acre. I mean, they're a little bitty, you know, just pretty much a high lift coming in and taking a couple swipes out, enough to have some water running in there. And then, and then right up around the corner or right next to it, they'll have this little bitty food plot. Yeah, little kill plots. Yeah. Kill plots. It's because you kill deer and small food plots. Kill. I think that's why they call it that anyway. I mean, I'm just guessing. Oh, I would assume. <laughs> Seems like a safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, water sources is huge. Uh, one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is trying to key in on water sources more so than not, I don't know about more so, but at least as equal to hunting around food. But I've, I have found also that because on, uh, I've had a couple we got a pond out at our place and then we've got a draw running up to the back side of it and then food on the back left-hand side of it also and then pasture field up on both sides of it. But I've seen deer walk the back side of it and come in on the dam side mm-hmm. and then they won't even come to the food. They'll just come in, hit the water, and then turn around and go right back where they came from. But then you, it just it depends on it depends on everything also. So Yeah, yeah I mean, but, deer mysterious that you cannot <laughs> predict a deer i've been trying a long time yeah. but so far no luck no so once you think you got them figured out they just do what they want and yeah right so um so let's discuss some more things to do 
during the Depression era where you can't actually hunt them. Um, the so Great Depression. The Great Depression. The Great <laughs> Depression. February to September. Yeah, pretty much. So for me personally, when when deer season really comes to a close, you know, I, I try to kind of keep that hunting momentum with the rabbit hunts. And then, but when that, when all that comes to an end, for me personally, fishing is what starts coming into my, it's like almost a gear shift in my brain. It's like hunting, 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 fishing, like switches that quick. So I start like checking my line on my reels. I'm like, do I need to switch it? I haven't switched it in a year. So put new line on no matter what, checking my tackle you know, it's too cold really to fish, and it's not cold enough to ice fish, but it's too cold to enjoy fishing without, you know, because they're still deep and they're just sluggish. Yeah, until but, about March. We fished, we've fished, fished in uh, March quite a few times and yeah. actually had pretty decent luck for as cold mm-hmm. as the water was in. Right. But, but that's, for me, that's like, that's what keeps me kind of going is fishing through the summer. I mean, obviously turkey hunting. But that's only a two weeks out of the right. year, and then right. you're—it's longer than two weeks. Three, three weekends, geez. I think. All right, it's three weeks. <laughs> it starts on Monday, yeah. which is yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. I, 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 so you gotta go take off work. Yeah. <laughs> Sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fishing's what will carry me through the the downtime. Yeah. I was going to agree with you and say the best rehab is probably going down to Montauk and getting a good weekend in. And oh, yeah. you know, like once the uh, rabbit hunting slows down and all that stuff and wishing yeah. you could go more and do more duck hunting, but you can't. So, Yeah. And even during turkey season, if you're hunting down south, it ends at one o'clock and got nothing else to do. You're like, well, 30 minutes from Montauk. Why don't we just go uh, swing by an old Waldo and. Buy some, buy some fishing three rods. identical fishing rods, which we all still have. <laughs> That's right. But I hey, mean, we caught fish. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who so. do not know what Montauk is, uh, it's a state park in Missouri that raises trout and hatcheries and releases them daily uh, for everybody to to be able to come mm-hmm. out and, and fish from... On the current river. Yep, on the current so river. It's, from uh, basically buzzer to buzzer. It starts in the morning you know, 30 minutes after daylight or something like that. And then yep. it goes till pretty well dark. And that's from March 1st until October 31st. 31st. And there, that's not the only one. There's a couple other trout parks as well. Uh, Bennett Springs in Lebanon, Missouri. Um, Merrimack State, or no, not Merrimack State Park, is it? Uh, it's not Merrimack Mer- Springs. Merrimack Springs, yeah. And so, which I have never fished, obviously, since I didn't know where it was, but... <laughs> Uh, Montauk has uh, been a family tradition. Decades. Yeah. Decades and decades and decades. And a lot of generations. And it's a it's a great way to get over your depression and and try something a little bit different. Um, and it's just really enjoyable. I mean. It's peaceful. Yeah. Trout it's, fishing's got to be up there and one of my favorite things to fish. I really enjoy trout fishing. Um, I've recently discovered a new love for... Uh, Smallmouth fishing. Yeah, smallmouth fishing. That is true, yeah. Smallmouth is... I pond fished. I've caught largemouth. But pound for pound, smallmouth fight way harder than a largemouth. Well, in a way, 
it kind of is like trout fishing somewhat of i mean versus you know pond fishing or lake fishing right and when you're at if say you're at montauk you're fishing the stream so you're walking up and down waders so then we come back and then we go and hit up all the creeks around here and mm-hmm. go way back up in there and we've actually had some pretty decent luck with smallmouth yeah. and completely so, wild fish it's pretty yeah, fun it is pretty fun yeah. as soon as it's spring again here we need to go back to some of those creeks that you're talking about. I enjoy spoonbill. I mean, trout fishing is awesome. It's still probably one of my favorites, but catching a 70-pound fish <laughs> yeah. is pretty awesome, too, which starts March 15th in Missouri. And then again in September, I think, September 15th. But, yeah, so those are a couple different things that you can do to get over or get through your depression. Um, sometimes it's not completely a cure, but it does help. Uh, a couple other things that you can do, which I'm really bad about, but I need to do better on. And I think it's as conservationists and hunters, we all are probably needing to do more predator hunting. Mm. I think that is huge for the deer population, rabbit population, rabbits, especially quail, turkey, um, get out there and, and buy a $25 electronic call and shoot you some coyotes i mean because missouri uh yote season is all year there's no mm-hmm. there's no bag limit so yeah get That's out there and because kill. they're everywhere yeah. yeah and i think me personally like i said i need to i need to get out more and do it but yeah it seems like that's a very viable option that we never take advantage of it yeah I've there, there a few is, times but. there is quite a few groups out here that i know that that's all they do they don't deer hunt they don't turkey hunt that's all they do. They go always go coyote hunting, but they got dogs and mm. crazy stuff. They they go like all over. Mm-hmm. Do they but, harvest pelts? I'm just curious because um, I think a couple of them do, but I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, I know I have seen multiple pelts from them, but I don't know who they t- if they take them to if they get them tanned or if they sell them or. Yeah, I know sure. a couple years ago we were strongly strongly considering selling pelts and things of that nature because if you can get really thick thick pelts they go for a pretty penny so yeah i i don't know if it's as but profitable as it used well, to be I mean, if they're up north maybe would yeah. they have a thicker coat but but it would be down here. it's just great for your deer population yeah, absolutely population turkeys um there's actually a lot of a lot of towns do like a um roundup coyote roundup where it's like a competition Mm-hmm. And they, you put money in to, to compete and then the most people or the most coyotes you kill, then you get some kind yeah. of pot at the end of it for a trophy. But yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, I guess it's profitable for those towns, but I think it's just more to try to eliminate coyotes. Yeah. And more of the people mm-hmm. down South that might be listening, hog huntings. Uh, there's a lot of hogs to be had. I know they... Here in Mark Twain, they banned them. The federal government banned it. Oh, yeah, really? Missouri Conservation really doesn't want you pursuing the hogs yeah. just because they have a process and us pursuing them, I guess. Supposedly it makes it worse. Makes it really? Yeah, it messes yeah, it they up. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. They'd rather trap them and kill them in larger numbers or something than... Just give me a minigun on a helicopter. There you go. <laughs> we need to go to Texas and do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we do. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That's a dream hunt. Flying a helicopter and just mow down a bunch of hogs. Hey, we were two weeks from going on a dream hunt like that and fell through per usual. 
Yeah, just like a lot of our ideas. <laughs> our hopes and dreams crushed yeah. every time. That's part of the deer oppression. Yeah, it's a sad day when the seasons close out. I know I, I certainly get a little depressed when they close out, and then you start to thinking about next season, what you're going to do differently. Um, but like I said, what I like to do is start to move some stands around to different areas. Like there's a spot on one of the properties I hunt that I, I've seen deer all season for two seasons now using this this back corner. And for some reason, I've been too afraid to to move the stand back there. And during the off season, I've never moved it back there. And, and well, I know why I don't do it in the summer because it's too brushy back there. But this is a perfect time to do that. And I, I just need to get out there and do it. Yeah. And most of the time, it's like you said, it's like the end of July or August. And we're trying to thinking about if we can move different stands or move them over here. And then, but then at the back of our head, we're like, well, I don't know if I really want to push into that area and then spook something away or push some deer out of that area and leave my scent all over the place. So it's, so now be a, now's a decent time to get in the woods and move some stands. Right, because by the time season comes around, your scent would be long yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, and now obviously now it's too early to put food plots in, but you can start kind clearing. of clearing some some areas mm-hmm. out, burning some some acres if if you want to do that, or small kill plot areas, whatever you want to do, so that way you can start prepping for some food plots during the spring and fall. Yep. But all righty, guys, um, does anybody else have thoughts on the subject at hand? I think I'm good. We talked about a lot. Yeah, I'm about out of things to say because I'm still deer-pressed. I'm good. All righty. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Um, You can follow us on YouTube. And uh, please subscribe. The more subscribers, the better. Um, Please hit that bell for notifications for future videos. Um, If you'd like to suggest topics and or have anything you'd like to add to this conversation, please leave a comment down below. Yes, comments are great. Please leave comments, good yes. or bad. Hopefully good ones. And we have Instagram and uh, Twitter as well. That's right. For Instagram, you can follow us. Our our Instagram name is hooked underscore OD. And our Twitter, the name is at Outdoors Hooked. Outdoors Hooked. <laughs> Hooked on Outdoors. Thank you, Twitter. So uh, if you feel free, please follow us on those as well. Um, Thank you kindly. See you you next next time. Have a good one.